Good Monday morning and welcome to The Daily Buzz. I'm your host, Jeff Parrott. The Utah Legislature finished their 2022 general session on Friday night after 45 busy days of lawmaking. All eyes now turn to Governor Spencer Cox to see what bills he'll sign or veto. If history is an indicator, nearly all of the legislation will become law by months in. Lawmakers passed several bills this year that dealt with land use in the state, including some new plans for Utah Lake. Managing Editor and Politics Chief Grant Burningham catches up with Open Lands reporter Brian Maffley on how some of those bills will affect the state. So with me now is Open Lands reporter Brian Maffley. Brian, thanks for joining us. A lot of things happened at the legislature this year. One of the big projects that has been in the works for a while but got a lot of attention this year is this plan to remake Utah Lake. Briefly, what is that plan and what was the legislature's involvement with it this session? Yeah, well, four years ago, the legislature um, authorized the Department of Natural Resources to take a look at this proposal to dredge uh, Utah Lake, basically uh, recontour the whole bed of the lake and create um, thousands of acres of, of artificial islands on the lake as a way to reduce the levels of uh, algal blooms and just improve the over all experience and environment of the lake. It's a very controversial proposal and many in the scientific community have really strong doubts about whether that's a good idea or not. So this session, the legislature has passed uh, two bills, um, one of which HB 240 will create a new agency called the Utah Lake Authority to raise revenue and uh, make uh, you know, come up with a management plan for the lake and really, you know, try to shepherd these, these big rehabilitation projects um, to some kind of uh, satisfying outcome. So as things stand now, uh, there's a lot of uh, efforts underway by state and federal agencies to rehabilitate various uh, river deltas, get rid of Phragmites, this invasive reed around the shoreline, get rid of the uh, carp that have proliferated in the lake. And, and they seem to be um, uh, successful. Uh, the lake, the quality of the, the water quality seems to be improving somewhat. Yet here we are now with this proposal to do some kind of radical surgery. Now, the, the Utah Lake Authority uh, which will now be established under this bill, supposedly will have nothing to do with this island building project. Um, it's only about coming up with a kind of a comprehensive plan for managing the lake and, and guiding its future rehabilitation. So that, that's HB 240. HB 232, sponsored by um, Representative Kevin Stratton of Orem, would set some more aggressive benchmarks for this dredging project to meet before it could get approved. And both these bills uh, passed by fairly comfortable margins. Although HB 240 to create the Utah Lake Authority was opposed by virtually every Democrat in the House and Senate, along with some key Republicans. So that wasn't the only thing going on on your beat. I know that there was some controversy surrounding a bear's ear swap. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so uh, under the proclamation that established the Bears Ears National Monument at its you know, now current size of 1.3 million acres is this idea of trading out 
all or, or virtually all, most of the state trust land sections that are scattered around the monument. Um, there's about 130,000 acres, give or take, of, of land um, in and around the monument that the uh, Utah um, School and Institutional Trust Lands Administration, better known as CITLA, would like to trade out of and, and obtain federal lands elsewhere in the state that have um, much better revenue generating potential, mostly for you know extracting minerals. So what happened there was um, these types of land exchanges, which are you know they they're fairly common. Um, they require legislative approval. So, and they've always been approved in the past. Um, the ones associated with the Dingle Act or the Utah Test and Training Range or the Grand Staircase Monument, um, they were all huge land trades that were, were uh, approved by the legislature in the past. This time they balked. They, uh, the, uh, they declined to pass HJR 16, um, uh, which would be, you know, grant that legislative approval. So that has created a lot of uncertainty now for CITLA, which really wants to move this land exchange forward because they believe it would um, generate tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars to the uh, permanent school trust fund. Um, the, the big hiccup there is um, Utah's about to file any day now a lawsuit challenging um, President Joe Biden's use of the Antiquities Act to you know, restore that monument from you know, this, the, the tiny thing that uh, used to be under Donald Trump to its, its current large state. And it is a very large monument. And uh, the state, uh, some members of the, of the legislature believe that if the state authorizes this land swap it can be used against it in this litigation. So, so I think that's where things stand. And to put it mildly, the, the CITLA board or the CITLA uh, leadership is pretty disappointed in this outcome. And they're gonna keep pushing um, for approval for this land trade. And it, 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 if not uh, this session, um, during uh, interims, they have uh, other options. All right, yeah. Brian Maffley, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, Grant. We'll see you around. Next, water and land use reporter Leah Larson discusses her reporting on the legislature's updates to the Inland Port Authority. Leah, you've been working on the Inland Port Authority bill during the general session this year. Um, can you give us an update on where lawmakers landed and what's going on with the Port Authority? Yep, there's been some major shakeups to the Port Authority. Um, so House Bill 443 is going to completely overhaul the Port Authority board. Um, so right now there's 11 members, a decent chunk of them come from uh, impacted municipalities, especially Salt Lake City. They have two seats and West Valley has one, Magna has one, uh, the county has one. So all that will go away and we, a five member board with two members appointed by the governor um, and three appointed by the legislature. So the Senate president would appoint one, the speaker would appoint one, appoint one, and then they would jointly appoint another. So kind of the legislature will have like majority control over the board sort of. And uh, the bill specifically says that they need to have 
business experience. And a phrase you hear lawmakers repeating over and over as they debated this bill is that the inland port is a business, so it needs to be run by business people. Got you. Um, more business people, less politicians, it sounds like. Exactly. That's, that's what they're saying. Speaking of former politicians, or speaking of politicians, you uh, interviewed former Salt Lake City Mayor Rocky Anderson here recently. Uh, it sounds like he had some pretty strong thoughts on the Inland Port Authority. Yeah, I mean, Rocky has strong thoughts about a lot of things. I think that's kind of his reputation, but he is very, very opposed to the board, kind of opposed to the way it was sort of rammed down Salt Lake City's throat. Um, and just you know, it, it not, especially moving forward with this bill, it, not having any like elected leaders calling the shots of how a lot of this revenue is going to be spent. Um, he called it, I think it was like, what was the word he said? Totalitarian. It was like borderline totalitarian were his words. <laughs> it sounds like the Inland Port Authority is going to be a thing now, or at least it's going to be moving down the road. You got the palpable sense from lawmakers. They're frustrated that they created this Inland Port Authority in 2018, so four years ago, and like there's nothing to point to, that nothing's been done, no ground has been broken on anything really. Um, so I think they're just frustrated and they want this, this thing to move forward. Thank you, Leah. I appreciate you joining us today. Sure. Thanks for chatting with us, Leah. Both of those stories can be found online at esotrib.com. On Friday, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported that no counties in Utah are currently labeled a high risk for COVID-19 transmission, meaning the CDC no longer recommends mask mandates in the state. And that's it for Monday. If you haven't already, please subscribe to The Daily Buzz and let your friends know about the podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, send us an email at thedailybuzz at sltrib.com. And thanks to the Tribune Sage Miller for editing The Daily Buzz today, and much love to the local band The Pelicans for our music. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch up with you tomorrow.